Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Today's podcast is going to take the format of a look back to an interview that we did with Roger Hardman at the UK Investor Magazine virtual seminar on the 30th of June. So that was a couple of weeks ago now, but he did highlight a very interesting sector in the tech stocks. Uh, since he, he we recorded the presentation, very sharp movement up there. So some very interesting insight into that sector and why he feels that he prefers that more than the FTSE 100. There's also um, coverage of uh, a number of stocks listed here in the UK, uh, particular sectors to keep an eye out, and obviously ones that for Roger had a number of red flags. So we're going to pass you over to that interview that took place on the 30th of June to listen to the full uh, presentation um, do go to the UK Investor Magazine website. And if you go into the video section, there is the full um, hour and 40 minute uh, seminar that was recorded on the 30th of June. Thank you very much. So we have four different presentations today um, and we're going to start off with Roger Hardman, um, who was as I said, the, the founder of Hardman & Co, but is now enjoying a retirement, but still very much active in the markets. So, Roger, going back to your uh, your time at Hardman & Co, you were known somewhat as a, as a spreadsheet freak. You, you very much uh, look at the numbers of stocks. I mean, how much does that have an impact in your investment selection process now oh I, I still use them i think they're incredibly useful spreadsheets in telling you what a company can't do if it's going to hit problems uh like uh, uh following uh, cash flow forecasts uh, often you get company managements who fool themselves i think i don't think there are many chief executives or finance directors who deliberately lie to you uh, but sometimes they can live in a little cloud in a world of their own think they're going to achieve something, you look at the numbers and you say, look, there's no way this is going to happen or it's unlikely to happen, uh, at least unless extra money comes in. And as you know, as, as an investor, if extra money comes in, uh, then you get diluted. So that's uh, not good news. I'm also looking uh, a lot further forward in terms of investment uh, than I used to when I was involved day to day in the markets. Uh, because up here in Newcastle, uh, I've not got the same involvement and I now look forward five years and if you're trying to do forecasts five years forward on a spreadsheet you run into a, a problem pretty early because you're compounding possible errors if you're an analyst and you're working on a spreadsheet if you get within five percent either way of the actual outcome you are doing uh, really well and uh, so but of course, if you're going a year further out than that, there's another 5% possible error either way, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if, you go to, if you go five years out on a 5% margin of error on uh, a profit of 1 million, 
you've got a range going up to 1.28 million on the high side and 770,000 pounds on the low side. Now that's a huge spread. And uh, clearly by this time, uh, the spreadsheet has lost much of its value. Going forward 10 years, which is uh, what I'm increasingly looking at, even though you might say, as I'm getting quite old, my chances of getting to another 10 years are quite quite low, uh, then uh, you have uh, your one million pound could turn into either 1.6 million or 590,000 pounds. So I'm looking at other things. I'm looking at management. That's very, very difficult. I'm looking at overall uh, uh, areas where the economy is going to grow worldwide. And I'm trying to avoid mistakes because the biggest problem you can have in investment, the only mistake you can have in investment is to lose money. To miss a company that goes up and not own the shares, well, there'll always be another bus coming along in a minute. Okay, so you, you have a strategy there, but where in a geographical basis are you looking at? So if we start at the UK to start with, uh, because I know a lot of people that are, are watching this are going to be quite heavily invested into the UK and the, in the UK markets. What are your views um, on on those markets and, and what would they do to the, uh, the, the coronavirus recovery that we're going to be seeing? Uh, well, if coronavirus uh, apart, I think the UK performance over the long term has been dismal. And I don't really see what there is that is uh, likely to uh, change that. Uh, I've got some numbers here. Uh, if you go back to 1870, uh, the UK accounted for 32% of uh, the world trade in manufactured goods. By 1914, this was down to 17%. Now we're running 3.3%. Germany has more than twice the share of uh, world uh, trade in world manufactured goods uh, of Britain. France and the Netherlands are doing better than we are. Add the services in, uh, things improve a bit. We're up to 3.8% of uh, uh, world trade. Um, Germany still does more in the way of world trade in services than Britain does. So and I, I don't see anything that's going to uh, bring this long-term trend to a halt. I mean, you look at the number of great British companies that have been formed uh, over the last hundred years. Uh, there are not that many of them. And over the last 50, what is there? And what is there in manufacturing? What, James Dyson, brilliant guy. Uh, you can't buy shares. Uh, I'm almost entirely overseas in my own investment portfolio at the moment. So is, is there a particular sector? Obviously, you're, you're quite negative on the, the FTSE 100. Is there any particular sector or particular stocks within there which, which really you think should have some red flags uh, raised on them? Oh, on the FTSE, uh, I wouldn't go anywhere near the oil companies and I wouldn't go anywhere near the banks. Uh, the FTSE 100 yields 4.7% at the moment. Uh, that's totally unsustainable. Many of the dividends that are counted in the uh, that FTSE yield calculation have already already been announced as going to be cut. More will be cut. Uh, the cover dividend covers only 1.4 times. If if you look at the FTSE uh, and take it to pieces stock by stock, uh, uh, I, I just don't see a lot in there that's worth having. 
So um, just as a note for everybody listening, there's a chat function here. So if you have any questions, please do put them in there and we'll try and address those at the end of each presentation. But Rod, so mo moving on, we know what you don't like, and you did mention that overseas stocks well, was obviously the area you're looking at. So mm -hmm. why are you seeing value at the moment? Uh, I still like the tech stocks. This is a very long-term trend uh, uh, that we're moving on here. Uh, one of my uh, most embarrassing uh, pieces I wrote when I was uh, leading Hardman Research, they're still going very well, by the way, much bigger than they were when I was running it, and they're still producing some cracking research, well worth having a look at them. Uh, the, the, the piece I remember the most embarrassment is near 2000, writing that Amazon was absurdly overpriced, because how could you expect a, a bookseller that was losing money to actually be worth a couple of billion? And uh, look at it now, it's worth 1.3 trillion. And uh, I think that just shows that uh, when you're looking at stocks on a longer term basis you're not just looking at what it's doing now you're now you're looking at what it could be doing in five years time i mean five years back with tesla uh, you wouldn't have put into your projections or your thoughts that it would be running a, a factory in china and looking at starting a factory in germany so i like that um I like China as well. I know that may not be terribly popular with all the problems over Hong Kong and the spat between the US and China at the moment. But uh, I look at Alibaba, which has, is capitalized at less than 600 million, <coughs> less than half of Amazon. It's chased Amazon out of China. It appears to be beating Amazon in the Far East. Uh, it's uh, trading on a PE ratio of about 30, if you believe in PE ratios. And it's got 50 billion US dollars in the bank. That's another great thing about the tech stocks. They build cash. Uh, look at the amount of money that Amazon, that Microsoft, uh, and App, App, not so much Amazon, but more Microsoft and Apple uh, have got in the bank. Google, Alphabet. And we read, we've at a point now, I think James Anderson at Scottish Mortgage made this point very well when he's in the present, uh, a video presentation two weeks ago in that we're used to seeing companies when they get big, big historically used to seeing stall they get so far and they can get no further now we're seeing companies that get big and the pace of growth can accelerate and the cash generation can just get huge and it gives a bit of a handicap to small companies trying to come up and unseat them they're developing their own monopolies i mean look at google 85 percent of the world's search engine uh, results uh, youtube which, uh, which is also owned by Alphabet, the, the dominant uh, uh, video uh, company. That, that, that's the kind of thing I like to see. High return on capital, uh, a company that's growing, and a high return on capital so that it can invest the money it's making into giving you more growth and with a sound capital base. So emerging from this this crisis, Roger, I think I think when we're, we spoke last week about Zoom, for example, do you think there's tech companies such as that that have probably seen their, their maybe their peak growth during this period, or do, or do you think there there could be some further legs for that company? Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I've got a stake in Zoom through uh, Scottish Mortgage, uh, which we just talked about, which is my largest investment, uh, and the stock's trebled this year. And 
people are using it now who hadn't even heard of the company three months ago. I remember picking up the uh, uh, Scottish Mortgage Annual Report a year ago and saying, you know, what's this? Just something in there um, uh, that I then thought I'd better find out a bit more about. Uh, but I, a lot of the people using Zoom are using it free. Uh, this is something we've seen with other tech and internet companies. You suck people in free and after a while you start charging them. Amazon Prime, classic example. The gaming companies, uh, if you're into internet games, you start trading, you, you start playing your game free and then you buy little add-ons. $30 here, $10 there, it all adds up. Okay, so ju just um, going back to Scottish Mortgage, um, you've obviously got a stake there. So, you know, for investors, and obviously the sectors that you're pursuing are overseas, what value do you see in, in utilising fund managers on a broad basis throughout your portfolio? Or do you think that there's a point now where there's enough research out there that fund managers' fees start to look expensive and, and don't offer the value that they used to? Oh, no, I... I love looking at what the investment managers I respect uh, and I've known through my working uh, life are doing now, what they're buying next. I mean, you know, bike darts, for example, appeared in the Scottish mortgage portfolio. What does it do? It owns TikTok. Two years ago, who'd heard of TikTok? Now it's on everyone's lips. Uh, I've got some performance figures here uh, for them uh, somewhere. And uh, they've done a... Uh, a, a, a cracking, cracking job. I think on, on a, I think on a five-year uh, term uh, that uh, he, he's rather more than doubled. And uh, I know I've, I've more than uh, trebled my money uh, with him since I've uh, I've been in there. Um, I like uh, Fundsmith as well, Terry Smith, because I used to work with him at James Cable, the stockbroker, and uh, he's got a very simple theory he says you buy good companies you hang on to them you don't sell them you do nothing and he's got a, a 20 20 billion pound fund now with fundsmith and he's only got 27 companies in it so he's managed to get huge performance out of big companies now i'm not knocking small companies at all uh, but you can get huge performance out of big ones and he also like, like james anderson at scottish mortgage is almost entirely overseas Okay, fantastic. So, Roger, we've had some very good questions uh, put into the uh, the chat uh, function, which I'm just going to go back to. And there's a very good one that I saw on gold um, from Syed. So, he's obviously mentioning there um, sort of researching gold explorers. But, I mean, what would you um, sort of point to with gold? Do you think holding that the physical is preferable over buying a good gold explorer or a gold producer, maybe maybe in that fact? Oh, I, I, I would go for the metal, but I, I know uh, uh, many people would disagree with me on that. Uh, I spent the first years of my life in the city as editor of the mining world. So uh, I used to know uh, a lot about gold. I'm out of touch on it uh, to some extent. But all I know, I know is I, for many, many years, my early working life, gold was $35 an ounce. Now it's almost 1800 
Now that's performance in anyone's uh, book. Uh, you've got governments throughout the world, not just the British government, printing money, borrowing money uh, to get out of the current coronavirus crisis. In fact, in fact, most governments were doing this before we hit the crisis. And all this money has either to be paid back at some time or the printing presses will have to roll and um, the currencies will all be being valued, not just against each other, but in terms of physical assets. So uh, you, you, I read this morning that the UK government is, is the, for the first five months of the current financial year is going to be borrowing another 270 million pound, billion pounds. That's on the population of 60 million. You work, work out that on the debt per head uh, that uh, we're taking on in just five months. It's appalling. And gold, uh, you've got a very limited increase in supply every year. Uh, so the price of this has to go up. The problem with having uh, a gold exploration stock is, I mean, A, you don't know there's going to be anything in the ground or anything that can be got out of the ground at a profit. Uh, B, you sink your money into that hole in the ground and it's almost certainly in an overseas country where you've got very little control of what's going on and it's very easy for that foreign government to either nationalise it or slap a big tax on uh, slap on extra environmental um, controls and eat away or totally take uh, your money. Uh, if gold as a physical isn't exciting enough for you, I would suggest gearing up borrowing against it because borrowing costs are so cheap at the moment. Uh, and my favourite place for gold would be uh, the Royal Mint, which is doing both uh, the physical sales of gold bars and gold coins and the gold coins. I think I'm right on this. You probably enough people in this group now to correct me if I'm wrong. The gold coins are capital gains tax free. And if you're capital gains tax free and things are going up, that makes quite a difference to your calculations. Okay. And we've just got time for one more question. So there will be a, a broader um, question and answer session at the end of all the presentations. Uh, so if we haven't covered your questions so far, we'll endeavor to do that later on. But a very interesting one here, Roger, and this is from James. He's mentioned IAG, but I think I'd broaden that to the airlines. They've been very heavily hit. Um, I know you're not a fan of the FTSE 100, but maybe we'll broaden this again to US airlines. Do you think there's any value in those companies at the moment? Oh, yes, but I would uh, echo Terry Smith on this. Terry Smith says, if you're going for value stocks and short-term trades, buying the thing is creating another problem because you've only done half the work. You've got in okay, when do you get out? And uh, you only make your profit if you get out because you know it's a value stock, it's a value play, it's a short-term uh, issue. Uh, you can't just stick it away and forget it. So I, it, it's not one for me, I'm afraid. Okay, very interesting. Roger, thank you very much. And there are some questions there that we will return to uh, at the end of everyone's presentations a bit later on. So that was the interview with Roger Hardman there. So as a reminder, if you would like to listen to the full investor virtual seminar um, if you go to the uk investor magazine website there's a video section there where you'll be able to listen to the seminar in its entirety thank you very much